It certainly is a hard battle, but we must fight. And we must continue on in this service to our great God. We are fighting for our souls. We're striving together to make it to heaven to be with God until the end. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for all that you've done for all that you do, for all that you will do. Those things, Lord God, in our present, in our past, and in our future. Thank you for this day, another day, Lord God, to be able to assemble, to worship you, to thank you, and to praise you. And if this were the last day, thank you for this last opportunity in your service. Lord God, we pray that you'll bless our minds this morning as we worship you to keep our minds focused on you, away from the world. Help us, Lord God, to remember Jesus, your great Son, who so willingly died on that cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you, and we love you. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray these things to be thy will. Amen. Welcome each of you, those online, as well as those of you who are here with us today. Revelation chapter 22, the final words of Jesus. At, at this point in the book of Revelation, as we've gone uh, through the chapters, we leave the uh, prophetic message of the book of Revelation. And now we move on into the comfort, the hope, and the tremendous motivation to stay true and faithful to God. For the remaining passages of the scripture refer to the righteous and the wicked. Verse 6 and verse 7, the Bible says, And he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the Spirit, the prophets, sent his angels to show to his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words, the prophecy of this book. So he says, these words are faithful and true. And you can honor that and know that because the paradise of God already exists. Because if you remember back in Matthew 17, Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus on the mountaintop. If you remember in Revelation chapter 6 that the souls under the altar are speaking to God. If you remember there are myriads of angels and thousands of hundreds of thousands and millions of people already in the paradise of God. He's not only going to keep his promise, he has already kept his promise. And as we read about the great victories of the church, as you think about and ponder the great victories in your life, we must remember to always keep our focus on Jesus. For we as God's people will never surrender to worshiping idols, to worshiping money, to worshiping people, rather only to worshiping our great God. And for just a moment, for just a moment, John, as he's mesmerized and blessed, forgets that. And in verse 8 and verse 9, and I, John, And the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And he said to me, do not do that. 
I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. None other. And so there's the reminder not to fall prey to emperor worship, to the worship of all the idols in that day, but only to worship God, to not worship angelic beings, but only to worship God. And then Revelation 22, it does something in this close of this book. There's a reminder. There's a reminder five times Revelation 22 is going to remind us of a very important fact. It takes us all the way back to chapter 1. Let's go there. Verses 1 through verse 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. And bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. So we open up with God saying to us, the time is near, the time is at hand. And we close with a reminder, these times are near. For if the times were not near, we could speak of prophecies to come in the future. Rather, the Bible makes it clear to us that these days, these prophecies are right here and right now. Back in the first century times. Verse 6, Revelation 22. And he said to me, These words are faithful and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits, of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. And behold, number two, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. These things must shortly take place. I am coming quickly. Verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. And verse 20, number 5, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So, this prophetic message is is about to be fulfilled in the days of the hearers where they could find confidence in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In verse 11, we find the truth that even though God has communicated his message and God has revealed to the saints as well as the world. Everything about doing the right thing. You know, wicked people are just going to be wicked. Some folks just aren't going to change. Even though they know God's message, even though they hear God's message, even though they see God's message, some folks will never change. And just because folks won't change, you cannot change. And don't follow the world, but stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. Let the one who is filthy 
still be filthy. Let the one who was righteous still practice righteousness. And let the one who was holy still keep himself holy. Stay true to God. Regardless of what you see going on around you. Regardless of what everyone else is doing in the world. You stay faithful. You stay true to Jesus Christ our Lord. Instead of changing, it seems forever as if the wicked continue to go from worse to worse. And it's true. It's true. But God says, you hear, heed rather the words that you've heard, the message holy and true. We all have a free choice to make. You make the decision to stay true to God. The righteous continue to clean themselves up. Right? We work on ourselves. We continue to right the wrongs. The wicked just stay wicked. But if this morning you are wicked, you say, oh, preacher, you can't say that. I'm preaching Bible to you. This morning, if you are wicked, you need to change. Jesus gives us the power to change. Listen to what he says in verse 15. In verse 15, he says, Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. You've heard that term. Go back to Deuteronomy 23. Dogs. You, you know, we, we use that in our slang, uh, if you will, in our words today. We say, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. You've heard it. So-and-so's a dog. And what they refer to in, in their day, as well as in our day as well, it refers to sexually immoral people. Verse 17 of Deuteronomy 23. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a cult prostitute, nor shall any of your sons of Israel be a cult prostitute. You shall not bring the hire of a harlot, or the wages of a dog into the house of the Lord your God for any votive offering. For both of these are an abomination to the Lord God. God says, I don't want that impure money. Right? I don't want it from those impure people. God commands those who are sexually immoral or living ungodly lives to make the change. Philippians chapter 3, it carried over into the New Testament. And in the New Testament times... Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 in verse 2, he says, Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. Look, there are no more warnings. This is it. Thank God this wasn't referring to the end of the world. If it were, we wouldn't exist. I used to think a long time ago, wouldn't it be better to not exist and then you won't have to worry about the fires of hell? But once I got to know Jesus, I thought, man, I would hate to not exist because I wouldn't receive the blessings of heaven. Right? And so how thankful I am. And this is a, a thought as I started reading the scriptures, I learned I wasn't the only one that thought this. Even when you get into the book of Jeremiah and Job, they start talking about existing but not having to go through the pressures of life. Dying in the womb. What a great joy to exist and then to spend eternity with God. Brethren, stay true to God because the reward in heaven is something you don't want to miss. And so many, unfortunately, 
are going to miss it because they refuse to change. And in the midst of all of this chaos and all of these trials and all of this wickedness, God is such a good God. He is still reaching out. Revelation, please, 22. He is still reaching out to save the lost, even the Romans. He's still reaching out. And in verse 17, the Bible says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. Let that one come too. The message of Revelation is the same message repeated over and over again. From the Old Testament into the New, until the end of the earth, until the end of the world, God is calling people to change, to surrender. And the reason the earth remains is because God's giving us one more day and one more chance. And every day that comes, please turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Every day that comes is another day with God's patience and mercy. He's given the world a chance to come. He's given the Christians a chance to repent. Every day is another day of grace and mercy from our God. And another time in which God is saying, come. Isaiah 55 in verse 1, the Bible says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. God is saying, come. Turn to John chapter 7. He is pleading with the world to come. To him, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And God is begging everyone to come. And the choice is yours. To come to Jesus. Or to refuse the gospel call. But the choice is yours. In verse 37, the Bible says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from innermost beings shall flow waters, or excuse me, rivers of living water. Come to Jesus. That's the message of the Bible. God made us. God lost us. But God has bought us back. That's the message. The question is, will you come? Will you come to Jesus? And so many, so many refuse. And so he says, let the wicked stay wicked. Revelation 22 In verse 14, we do not have to improve upon the message of God for God's great message is pure and holy and right. And in verse 14, the Bible says, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. 
Blessed are those who have washed. Allow Jesus to wash your sins away. Surrendering to Him in the waters of baptism. Come to Jesus and allow Him to make you whole. Allow Him to transform you and to change you into that spiritual being that He so desires. The message is the same. Come to Jesus. We don't have to find some new gospel. There is none. We don't have to, you know, spice our worship up and become more progressive. Just come to Jesus as is. Let the Word of God speak to you. And so the book of Revelation says, in verse 18 and verse 19 of 22, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to him, God shall add to them the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his power from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. Can you imagine to, to have this blessing and then to throw it away? And I'm sad about that. I'm sad that, that so many Christians, turn back to Proverbs please, chapter 30. They have this blessing. You, you have Jesus. You, you've come to God and you've surrendered. And then so many Christians over the years have thrown their salvation away. Gone after worldliness. Gone after wickedness. And some have died in that state. And many have died lost. And the world, the world has never had Jesus. And so many refuse to ever desire Him. And the wicked will die lost. And Jesus is saying over and over again, Come to me. And then He says, Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. You see, the Bible, the Word of God, does not need to be improved upon. Nothing needs to be added to it. And nothing taken away from it. In Proverbs 30, verse 5 and verse 6, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He reprove you, and you be proved a liar. So here's what happens. We'll begin to close this series out. Revelation 22. Here's what happens. Many of us, at one time in our lives, didn't like God. Not His rules and regulations. We had our own minds made up. I mean, we won't admit that we didn't like God, but we, we had our own minds made up. That we're going to live the way that we choose to live. And God's going to have to accept it. God's not going to change His Word for anyone. If we choose to be progressive and come up with new ideas because we like them, God's not going to change His Word for us. If we choose to be the opposite and we go back to the old ways and refuse to change our old lifestyle that's wicked and evil, God is not going to change His Word for us. Brethren, God's Word does not need to be approved, improved. The book of Revelation ends with a chapter that illustrates to us the quickness of the fulfillment of the prophecies 
that have been delivered to a people in a tremendous persecution. We think we're being persecuted. Just go back and read the history of the early saints. It will humble you. In verse 13, it's all about Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And the Alpha and the Omega says, come. What are you waiting for? Come. In verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the offspring of David and the King of kings and Lord of lords says, Come, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. All of you who have sin that remains, that needs repentance, or repentance of. Come. All of you who are outside of Christ, who have not surrendered to Christ in the waters of baptism, come. And then, verse 20 and 21, he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Which takes us right back to chapter 1. Verse 4. Where the Bible says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace. From him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever. And ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And the Almighty says, Come. Before it's everlasting too late. That book belongs to you. The message is yours. Come to Jesus. God bless you and thank you for your time this morning.